Hi, I'm Joel Garcia. Welcome to the Pop Culture Shuffle. On today's show, I have a few things to talk about. First up, do we have too much to stream? Then, I talk about an obscure telenovela. And finally, Marvel Studios Eternals came out and I have a few things to say about it. But first, we go back to the discussion I have about too much streaming. A while back I talked about how there were too many superhero shows to watch and that at one point I had to stop watching all of them and only focus on a small handful of them. Now I wanted to expand upon that superhero discussion into something a bit more broader when it comes to say, streaming services and if there's just too much to watch. It came up in a discussion I had with someone about streaming services and we were trying to see how many streaming services do we have and do we need another one? Why bother if we're not going to watch it? And it was a good point to bring up considering the fact that yeah, there are a lot of streaming services but in the end you can only watch so much. Even if you say you had a job in which allows you to watch as much TV as possible, you're still not going to watch everything. For example, you could have Disney+, Hulu, Netflix, Prime Video, etc. But you're not necessarily going to watch every single original show. Mostly because, while you may have a lot to watch, you're not necessarily going to watch everything. Like a good example to come up with is Paramount+. Plus. Now the reason I subscribed to Paramount Plus in the first place was because of Star Trek. And subsequently, I also used it to watch certain CBS shows, like the FBI shows. But for the most part, I don't tend to watch anything else on the service. I don't care about the good fight, I don't care about their original films. And even when one does look interesting, it's just not for me. Like Infinite, which as I mentioned for in this podcast, was bad. Now the reason I say it's a fair point to bring up the question of streaming and too much is because, yeah, there is a lot. Every week, every single streaming service comes up with something new. Whether it be something old or something new. So for every Squid Game, you might have something like, say, the latest season of Animaniacs, the latest Prime Video movie. And sometimes you just stop and ask yourself, am I really going to watch all of this? Do I have the time to watch all of this? And sometimes, we just don't. And if you are someone who has all that time in the world to watch everything on a single streaming service, I hope you are being paid well at whatever job you're doing, because honestly, I would not. What I'm trying to say is that there are a lot of streaming services, and for the most part we have a good reason to subscribe to each one. Now should we subscribe to a streaming service just because it's there? No, of course not. Like if it's free, that's one thing, but say if it's a streaming service that has something you really want to watch and you don't care if it's a promotion or not, that's a good reason. The other detail of course is whether or not you want to wait for a show to come out on Blu-ray or a digital format where you can pay for that and only that show without paying for a streaming service. That of course is another topic up for discussion, considering the fact that most streaming services, through their home entertainment divisions, do release these shows on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital, but not all of them. CBS, for example, does a good job of releasing these Star Trek shows, even the ones that are on Paramount Plus, on Blu-ray, DVD, and digital. They of course give it some time before eventually releasing it, like say, a few months after or a year after it aired, but at the very least, they give it a chance. 
By contrast, you have other studios that aren't so great about releasing these shows on physical media. Disney, for example, has not released any of their original shows or films on Blu-ray, DVD, or even digital. With the exception of Pixar films that were originally intended to come out to theaters. So it's a bit unfortunate if you say wanted to watch WandaVision, but you don't want to pay for Disney+. Plus. Your only way to watch WandaVision would be to subscribe to Disney+. Plus. Now is it wrong? No, it's perfectly fine for Disney to keep their shows to a streaming service. However, I will say it is a bit unfair to leave the show only on a streaming service. Let's say there's a show on a streaming service, but it's not available on a physical media. And if, say, that show disappears from that streaming service, where else can you see it? And I know we live in an era where everything's on streaming, but then again, there are at least a handful of films and shows that aren't on any streaming service and are only available on Blu-ray, DVD, or digital. A good example would be Bonanza, an old western show from the 60s that my dad is a huge fan of. The problem is that it's not on any streaming service, and the only way he could probably watch it would be a handful of episodes that were weirdly put in public domain. The only way to watch Bonanza would be if you were able to find the DVDs. Other than that, good luck watching it in reruns. So what I'm trying to say is that physical media is still important, especially if, say, there's a show or film that's not on streaming. If it is, great, there's an easy way to watch it. But let's say you're in a situation in which you want to watch something, but it's not available in a certain region, and the only way to watch it would be either to have the DVD you already have in hand, or hope it's on a streaming service that you subscribe to and can access outside of your country. But going back to the whole discussion of there being too much to stream, if you subscribe to a large number of streaming providers, then clearly there's enough content on these providers to watch. But if you only have one or two streaming services, that might be enough for you as well. There is no perfect type of streaming service. There is no way to just say only watch one streaming service and you're fine. So to conclude this discussion, all I will say is that, yes, there are a lot of streaming services. And in the end, it all comes down to the fact of how much are you willing to pay for these streaming services and is there enough content to justify paying for them? Now it's time for another round of rejects. This time, we're talking about a Mexican telenovela. Unlike the last reject segment, I only got through at least the opening of the segment before I realized I just couldn't talk about it. Now, in the portion that did get recorded, I actually did set up an explanation of why I was doing this segment, relating it to a past segment I've done this podcast. So we'll start off with that, and then I'll get to the topic. A while back, I talked about Dharma and Greg. If you don't recall that particular podcast, it's one where I talked about having binge-watched the show after years of not having seen it, and by the end of it realizing how much I hated the show. Now with that in mind, I was wondering if I could make that an ongoing series for the podcast, in which I could binge-watch an old show from years ago that I probably watched maybe once or twice, or occasionally, and see if it still holds up. It's been in the back of my mind for a while, but eventually I was inspired to do that concept albeit to a smaller extent. I'm not planning to binge watch one show in one day or anything like that, since, well, I have a life. Now what I'm thinking of doing is, say, watching one or two episodes of a TV show and giving my brief thoughts on it. Whether it's good, bad, if it still holds up. Now with that said, the first show I want to bring up in this format, which I have no name for yet, is RBD. Never heard of RBD? Good. 
In all seriousness, RBD is the name of a band. A long disbanded band which was based off a telenovela. Specifically, Rebelde. And it is here we reach the first problem. Of course, that took a long time to explain. And admittedly, it's not the best introduction to a segment, especially when we're trying to talk about a TV show. And I just spend like a, a lot of time trying to connect Dharma and Greg to a telenovela. And as you'll see in the next segment, you'll notice the problem I have with trying to explain Rebelde. I take it too far and explain way too much. Now the story of Rebelde is a very interesting one to bring up, since for a lot of people, Rebelde is, oh, that Mexican telenovela. When in fact it's not. Rebelde, specifically the Mexican telenovela Rebelde, is based off an older telenovela from Argentina. That show in particular was called Rebelde Way. Now that show went on to be successful, it ran for two seasons in Argentina, and it led to both a spin-off band and film. The reason I bring that up is because, despite that, the Mexican version managed to beat it in popularity. Now I've seen some telenovelas, and I'll just say this, they suck. But going back to Rebelde, the show was extremely popular in Mexico. It ran for three seasons and even had a band. Now they weren't in the show itself the band, they were the characters, but in the real world, the actors were the band. Specifically in the band RBD. Now the show was also relatively popular in the US as well, where it ran on Univision. And there you see the other problem. I explain where the show originated from before I talk about the show itself. And I'll eventually get to that, but you'll notice that in this case, I was just doing it out of order on the fly, and in retrospect, it just led to a bunch of problems. Rather than say, highlight the show we're talking about, I inexplicably skip from that all the way to why I care. Now the reason I bring all of this up is because the show aired at a time when I was in high school and my friends were obsessed with the show. I can safely say that at no moment before, during, or after Rebelde have my friends ever talked about telenovela that much. Like for example, I haven't heard any one of my friends talk about say any show that's airing in Mexico right now like La Desalmada or Sinos Dejan. But with Rebelde? They love that show, and they love the music too. The other reason of course I bring all of this up is because Netflix recently announced a revival, or sequel series, to Rebelde. Which will be simply titled, Rebelde. Now the thing is that it's technically a revival, but also a continuation of the original show. Since from what I'm looking up, it features a brand new set of characters, but at least one returning character from the original telenovela. Now of course it's too soon to talk about that show because it hasn't premiered yet and it won't premiere until January. But what we can do for now is talk about the original show. So after three minutes I actually do get to the fucking point of this segment in which I talk about the show itself. Or at the very least I try because here's the other thing you should never do. Don't talk about a show if you haven't watched it. Now with Rebelde it was a show that my friends loved. But I never watched it. In fact, there were moments in which my friends were wondering, why haven't you seen this show? And I did, eventually. And admittedly, the most random way to watch the show. Now bear in mind, this was the mid-2000s. There wasn't anything like, say, YouTube yet. So the only way to say, watch the show was, well, when it aired on television. And I wound up seeing an episode of Rebelde. 
wasn't the first episode, and I had no idea what was going on. And I hated it. Now I admit, I found the premise a bit too preppy, if that's the best word I can come up with at the moment. And I just found the characters all unlikable. I honestly thought they were all just jerks. Now, mine has to do with the fact that it takes place at a private boarding school that is mostly attended by the rich. And there are a few people who aren't rich. And they all wear uniforms. I bring this up because, well, my friends and I all went to a private school where we all wore uniforms. Not to the same level of, say, Rebelde, where they went to Elite Way School. And yeah, it was named Elite Way School in the show itself. Now, of course, it wasn't exactly like Rebelde. We went to a private school, while Rebelde was set in a boarding school. Now, the reason I'm being so big about the show is, frankly, I barely recall the show. The most I complained about the show was years ago when it first aired. I can recall writing a rambling blog post on High Five. Yeah, I'm that old. I can recall writing how much I didn't like the show, and basically saying I'm never watching a telenovela again. With all of that said, I've decided to watch an episode of the show on a streaming service. And that is unfortunately where the segment mostly ends, since there's a lot more I had to cut out from the original recording. Mainly that for the next 5 minutes afterwards, I then had to look up where the show was streaming, and without repeating myself, it's not on any major streaming service. I did eventually find it on an obscure app called Prende TV, and I eventually watched it. Sadly, after watching two episodes, I found absolutely nothing to talk about. It's a different type of show that I normally don't tend to watch because I find them to be corny, cheesy, ridiculous, and very cliche. Like, I can best sum up any telenovela in a nutshell. They're living a normal life, something happens, a bunch of lovers come by, and the story ends with everyone getting married. And at some point, like in anime, there's a beach episode, or they all go on vacation for some reason. Now that statement doesn't apply to every single telenovela, but outside of the fantastical ones, or the ones that take place like in the 1800s, that's basically every telenovela ever. To be honest, me trying to watch telenovelas is like trying to get my dad to watch anime. And without going into further details, let's just say he found Summer Wars to be... Okay. Now I admit, maybe back when I first saw the show, I was very upset about it. Because it came at a time in which I never watched Mexican television. At best, I mostly watched Mexican television for maybe the occasional World Cup game, or Mexico vs. the United States. But other than that, I just don't watch a lot of Mexican television. Or soccer, it's just the World Cup and the LA Galaxy for me. So me trying to watch a Mexican telenovela was relatively difficult. I noticed my time disappointing, especially to all of my friends who really wanted me to talk about this. But unfortunately, that's all I had to say about Rebelde. I like their music, and that's pretty much it. Honestly, the only other thing I can say about Rebelde is... Despite the fact that it was a very popular telenovela, they clearly could not afford the music rights, since the first episode badly swapped out Christina Aguilera's Dirty for some generic song that tries to sound like Dirty, but really doesn't. In the United States, Rebelde streams for free on the Prende TV app, as well as on the Univision Now streaming service.
Finally tonight, I want to talk about Marvel Studios Eternals, and I hate to say this, but it was really boring. Eternals centers around a group of characters who believe themselves to be heroes from the planet Olympia who were sent to Earth on a mission. But after 7,000 years, they begin to wonder, what was their mission on Earth? Now I will say I did like some things about this film. I liked the plot, I liked some of the characters, and the acting was overall well. The problem was everything else. The film is massively slow, almost to the bane of, say, Snack Snyder's DC films. And then the fact that Selma Hayek, despite being promoted in a major role, dies after the first 15 minutes. That might be a spoiler, I don't care, she barely plays a role. Her involvement is mostly limited to flashbacks and that's about it. Speaking of flashbacks, this film does a terrible job transitioning to these flashbacks, often cutting away as if we're happening at this very moment. There's no transition to these flashbacks, and even when they do happen, they're abrupt. The film is also horrendously boring since, while the acting is great, these actors are given horrendous dialogue. And for the most part, you're just stuck watching these people talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk and talk. And it just gets really boring seeing these people just do nothing other than talk. When they don't talk, the action is really badly framed as everything's in the dark and you can't see anything. And it's really hard to believe this is a Marvel Studios film considering how badly lit it is. Even when other Marvel Studios films have badly lit scenes, they're badly lit with a purpose and you can still see the characters. Here, you can't see shit! This film was horrendously boring and it honestly reminded me a lot of Iron Man 2, in which it tries to tell a good story, but at the same time, tries to set up a lot for subsequent films. But you wanna know what the difference is between this film and Iron Man 2? At least Iron Man 2 already had the first film to explain who Iron Man and his friends were, and you only need to know who Black Widow was. With Eternals, you need to introduce everybody and then bring the story into the present day. And there were just so many problems with that. Especially when the film begins with a text crawl. I'm watching a movie, not reading a book. But honestly, that is the least of the film's concerns, especially by how a lot of the scenes just go nowhere. Or when they do, they take so fucking long to get there. All I will say about Eternals is that the film is really boring, but if you like these actors or the characters, go check it out. Otherwise, I don't recommend this film and prefer you wait to see it when it comes to Disney+. Marvel Studios Eternals is now in theaters. Next time on the Pop Culture Shuffle, it's been a while, but I'll play another snippet from my radio show. Plus, I'll take a look at some fan fiction. But for now, that is all the time we have for today's show. If you would like to know when the next episode comes out, Remember to follow or subscribe to the podcast on your favorite stream provider. You can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter at MrJoelGarcia9. Until next time, thank you for listening.